welcome to Business Disability Forum's podcast. I'm Diane Lightfoot and I'm Chief Executive of Business Disability Forum. And I am delighted to have as my guest, Neil Milliken, Global Head of Accessibility at Atos. Hello there. Glad to be with you. Thank you. I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about and I hope our listeners enjoy it. Very fittingly, the theme for GAD this year is inclusive communications in uncertain times. And so I will be exploring that with Neil, as well as his plans to celebrate and mark GAD remotely. So to kick us off, Neil, tell us a bit about GAD for the uninitiated. What is it and how long has it been around? As you explained, GAD is Global Accessibility Awareness Day. It was started eight or nine years ago now by a couple of chaps over in California. One is uh, an accessibility specialist, Jenison Assumption, who now runs accessibility at LinkedIn, and a developer called Joe Devon, who runs a a sort of development company. And they they wanted to spread the the word about accessibility, thought they'd have a small day, uh, and it just snowballed and grew. So just need to point out that inclusive communications in uncertain times is our subtopic. Every year we, we choose a particular area to focus on, so that's not the yeah, overall topic for everyone's GAD. Um, you know, people do what they like to a certain extent. So we we thought that we want to draw in uh, our business and our partners onto something and focus on the fact that uh, actually the way that we're doing business is different. Uh, and therefore, um, we need to be thinking about how we can be inclusive uh, and how we can you know, take advantage of the technologies that are, are now being deployed to make sure that um, everyone has the opportunity to continue to work and earn money, uh, you know, which is tricky at this particular point in time. Mm, yes, we are all working very, very differently. So, I mean, what do you think is different about how we are communicating now? I mean, apart from the obvious, e.g. we are recording this remotely in our own homes rather than sitting in a room together as we would normally do. So what what, what is it looking like from where you're sitting? Uh, well, to a certain extent, my life's changed a lot and, and, and also not a lot. So uh, within Atos as a whole, we've been working from home and doing remote working for many, many years. I, I actually had a home office and have been a home worker for five years already. So the the switch to being, uh, you know, working from home for me was more about the not going out and traveling to meetings than, you know, being uh, sort of perched on a kitchen table. I'm really privileged in that I have space and I recognise that not everyone that is now working from home has space and that kind of home working setup. I think that uh, companies that do um, enable working from home also are doing this uh, and supporting workers to build those setups and making sure that, that they can try and accommodate that. But it's still not always possible because actually when you move into someone's living space, you're constrained by that physical space, you're constrained by uh, the dynamics of their family and all of the other stuff because you, you've taken work and you've taken, moved it into the, the realm of, of the personal. So uh, I think it is very different. But at the same time, um, you know, working from home is something and working flexibly because they're two different things 
uh, although interrelated, uh, are, are topics that have been championed by the disability community for many years and indeed asked for, uh, because actually a lot of the time we are capable of doing jobs and doing them well and, and, and have the skills and the knowledge and, and all the rest of it, but don't want the travel or, or, or need that kind of flexibility of ours. So I think that companies as well as people are having to adjust and it's not just about the technology. You can switch on the technology. And as a technology company, we've been doing an awful lot of switching on the technology. You know, we've got a campaign out there saying we're always ready. We're helping people to sort of do all of this, enabling that kind of remote meetings, but also not just remote meetings, remote functions, because not everyone is a you know, laptop warrior. Lots of people in sort of second line support jobs and support functions in businesses are not doing meetings every day. They're not having conference calls and, and, and so on. They are, you know, carrying out the functions. They're dealing with, you know, call centers and so on. So actually, what well, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're also enabling and the other companies that, that are being successful are doing is enabling sort of things like remote call centers. And some companies are doing that well and others are just not. So, and I think it'll be interesting for the economy to see how that works and also how that acts as a, an attractor. Then the, the final piece is really the sort of cultural piece about trust. Because sure. remote working isn't just about, uh, you know, the tools to do it. This is about the, the culture of trusting people to do their jobs when you can't see them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's really, um, really a, a shift because you've got this culture where you know you expect to see people, you expect to see them working. And as a manager, uh, I admit it took me a while going from a team which was co-located to being remote from them to working out how do I how do I balance that? How do I communicate? How do we uh, know that people are doing stuff? So sort of finding those ways of working remotely are, are really important. You know, you start having to plan stuff a bit more. So, and I say that as a dyslexic ADHD person that's crap at planning. <laughs> you know, it's not my core strength, right? Yep. So, so, but essentially, because I know it's a weakness, it's something that we, you know, we work on, and I, you know, I'm, I'm again privileged enough to have some help with that. But, it, but essentially, you start having to block stuff in. So, you know, taking time uh, to do one-to-one -one meetings. And also taking time, and, and, and this is, again, you know, where technology helps, turning on the camera, looking people in the eye, or not, depending, you know, not everyone likes eye contact, uh, particularly amongst the neurodivergent community. However, but giving people the opportunity to look you in the eye, actually asking how people are and meaning it, yeah, meaning uh, it is yeah, meaning it really is important. So I think think those kind of things are, you know, especially as we're, you know, trying to cope with the emotional stresses and the uncertainties. And people are feeling stressed about this. Some some more than others. And every, everyone has a right to feel stressed in a situation like this. It's okay to be not okay, as they say, because this is not 
normal. Uh, no. No, but I don't think we're going to get back to normal for a while. But um, but so so those kind of care, remote care, the, the 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 being mindful that you need to be in contact with people, that you need to check in with them, that you need to give it some structure, but also at the same time, not be pinging them 53 times a day, not, you know, not expect, if you do send emails in the middle of the night, which I do, letting people know that they don't have to respond to yes. them. The expectation is not that you, you respond when you receive something, but that that's okay. And I think it's really important that as, as like as senior people, we take that for granted, don't we? And making that really explicit to people in our teams that just if we if we send something, not necessarily at two o'clock in the morning, but in the evening or early, there is no expectation that they should be reading it, let alone replying to it. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and it's because it's, you know, particularly with the way that my brain works, you know, with like, short term memory being an, an issue. I do that because otherwise it might never get sent yeah but but you know you have to explicitly say you don't have to reply outside of your working hours just because i'm sending it as a brain dump doesn't mean that that, that you then have to disrupt your life because i'm chaotic um so so i think that i think that those kind of setting ground rules and expectations is is really important because technology can as well as being the you know this great enabler and enabling you know empowering us to work from all of these different places and you know balancing the dog on your lap and a child and self-educating whilst working and all of, all of these things that are happening right now it can also be adding pressure to people so we we need to be explicit as individuals and humans and leaders to make sure that we're not putting undue pressure on people and, that, and, you know, and, and setting those different ways of work and also agreeing protocols because what works for one person may not work for everyone. So I have different agreements about how we work um, with different people in my team because people have preferences. And so we've got to find ways where you get the best out of people. Yeah, I mean, I think you're, I mean, there's tons of stuff in there and I think the thing around remember, remembering seniority and the privilege that comes with that and also the privilege of having a dedicated space to work I mean I, I'm, I'm sharing mine because although I, I work from home occasionally um, I don't all the time and I'm usually on my own when I do of course that's not the case at the moment and um, I was chatting to someone about a different webinar who's saying you know people who don't want to turn their cameras on Unless there's a really, really good reason for saying that you should because I, maybe because you're worried about somebody and you want to see them or because somebody needs to lip read. It might be that they actually are exactly as you say, they've got the dog on their lap or they've got kids or they've got chaos and they don't particularly want to share that. And it's it's just so different. And I think as well, there used to be a thing where it was almost like it was a privilege to work from home. And the amount of people that now saying God, I really want to get back to the office and I want that separation and I want all the kit and all the stuff I'm used to. It's it sort of it's turned some of those kind of preconceptions on the head a bit, really. Yeah, so, so I think that's true. I think there's a few things. So kit is an important issue. And I know we've digressed away from Gab and I'd like to come back to it. But the um, the kit is really important because actually what I'm seeing at the moment on a lot of calls is people 
you know, stretching their necks or, or, or looking like they're uncomfortable or they've got pain and, you know, they're, they're um, not taking into account the need for ergonomics. Now, it's fine if you're working from home from the kitchen table once in a blue moon, but now you're doing it all the time. Mm. You actually need to start thinking about what kind of problems you're building up for yourself by not taking into account you know, uh, having your desk at the proper height and all the rest of it. So you know, we're, we're, as an organisation, uh, where people have got kit, making sure that if they can and they need it at home, we can get it to them at home so that they're building up problems for themselves later. I mean, too many people um, are putting their bodies under undue stress and strain through sort of being hunched over a laptop and all the rest of it. Now, sometimes some of the constraints are around space, so you can't bring home an enormous work desk, but we can provide economic chairs. We can at least provide a laptop riser stand or, or something and a you know keyboard and mouse to make sure that people aren't hunched over or a separate um, you know, webcam. So that you're not constantly looking down like this, because once you've done that, oh, sorry, of course we're on a recording, so no one can see the camera. But essentially, if you're bent over <laughs> and you've got the neck, um, you know, looking down for yeah. eight, ten, twelve hours a day, then you're going to be doing yourself some harm. And I think that that's the other thing is that people, going back to your point about saying that people thought working from home was a privilege, they're now discovering that actually you work longer days when you work from home because you haven't got that commute. Now, the commute, whilst it was tortuous sometimes, is also separate headspace. Yes. Um, so so what people are tending to do now and what, what I've found for a long time is that you get up at the same time that you used to get up and you start working earlier and you finish working later and you don't have that space to clear your head to be sort of while you're perambulating to the station or, or sort of driving the car where you're not engaged in constant contact constant meetings and you can think about stuff and, and I think that 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 rumination particularly amongst the sort of the the neurodiverse community of people who are autistic ADHD dyslexic etc is a really key thing it's how we mm up with our ideas and that sort of time where you've got unstructured thought is really precious so again you then have to start thinking about how and this is again not technology related it's the the impact of technology you're having on your life you need to actually start taking some measures to counteract that by taking yeah, starting booking time for lunch if you can yes. starting, uh, I always felt guilty about doing that by the way um so um you know i always thought that that was something you know a privileged thing to book a, a meeting in for lunch i started doing it sometimes um i've always um you know exercising just getting away from the desk because in the office situation you'd be distracted there'd be people around you you'd go and do stuff now to a certain extent a lot of people are being distracted by family and their yeah. situation but it's, yeah. it's it's that kind of stressful distraction rather than a one where where you're sort of being taken away from things and can think and have those water cooler conversations so i think 
all and of those things. Engage your brain from the intensity. Yeah. It was it was really brought home to me. I think it was I think it was last week. I don't know. They sort of merge into one. That my my partner said to me, "How on earth did you used to find the time to ring me?" And I said, "Oh, uh, I don't know." And then we worked out that when I used to ring him was when I was say walking between meetings or because there was space because I moved physically from one location to another and if I could I would walk rather than take the tube so I had that downtime that space and now the temptation is for it all to be back to back and actually that self-discipline of making space and not feeling guilty because like you I completely identify with that um is, is really important yeah no and um it, it, and, it, and it's tricky um because you've got Often in large companies where you've got people all around the world, the temptation is for people to start scheduling stuff that works for their time zone. Yes, but so, not necessarily for yours. Yeah. Yes. So, so, so the, the, the sort of day is sort of kind of elastic, and uh, that that's not 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 so good. No. But but tell us tell us about Gad. So we've we've yeah. um as as we always Neil gone off on a very um, relevant actually and a very enjoyable tangent. But but tell us about Gad and what you've got planned. And it's okay. it's also very topical because one of the things that has been coming through our advice service is how can people celebrate awareness days remotely when it's usually about physically getting people together. So so what are you up to? I know we normally bribe people with sandwiches and drinks and stuff and, and that's not <laughs> happening so so last year I half killed myself by running six well and and my colleagues because it wasn't just me doing it we ran six events in different countries simultaneously and and, and this year everything's remote so we are running 12 hours worth of sessions it's a mixture of uh, you know pre-recorded webinars discussion panels and also, um, we are running a remote hackathon, wow. looking at how we can um, solve some of the challenges of remote working and communication and doing it inclusively. Um, this will be our first time running a remote hackathon. It's not just on the day. What, what we're doing is we're planning to um, actually get people working on the topics in advance then then we'll have some coming together on online meetings during the day of gad we will down select some more because we're actually running uh, an innovation week within atos a couple of weeks later where we'll we'll do the final few but i think it it will enable people to to find some way of interacting mm -hmm. uh which i think is is really important because they can take time away from their their day-to-day -day stuff and and start thinking about something which i think will be quite exciting yeah uh, we've got some great speakers yourself amongst them we've got thank you Caroline casey we've 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 actually um got joe devon who's one of the founders of gad to agree to to do something as well um and um we're very lucky to intersperse all of this with a bit of comedy. So um, given the the effects that this lockdown and remote working and self-isolation through COVID-19 is having on people's mental health, we think that actually a bit of um, light relief would be really, really good. Uh, yes. And we're 
very lucky to have engaged Juliet Burton, who is a fantastic comedian, uh, to do some little sketches and uh, a 20-minute session as well. So I'm super excited oh, fantastic. Uh, about Juliet because um, she's going to embarrass me horribly. <laughs> she's so, she is brilliant, brilliant. As, as you know we had her for um, our London conference last year and for our Scotland conference in it was only the 30th of January it feels like about a year ago uh, this year and she was hilarious um, very on point and yeah Neil she she probably will embarrass you so I look forward to that yeah no, no, <laughs> me too so um yeah she's she's very good and um Big fan, we had her on Access Chat as well, and she talked about all of the different uh, you know, mental health conditions that, that she, she lives with, but also talked about kindness, you know, and I think that's something that that is much more topical now. Yes. People are thinking about kindness, they're thinking about each other, they're thinking about society, uh, and what does it mean? Uh, we don't know yet. I don't think I don't think we know um, what the, the long term impact will be. Uh, I can hope that we're going to have a positive impact on on ways of working and ways of dealing with each other. Uh, that you know, we can have an environmental impact by maybe not travelling quite so much. Although yeah. I do want to travel a bit. Yeah, it'd be nice to see some people. Yeah, it'd be nice to see some people. But, yes, it would. It would. But, but maybe we'll just do that for the really necessary things rather than spending our time shuffling backwards and forwards when we now know that actually you can get a lot done with a video call. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, the opposite of presenteeism, really. I mean, the, the, the times when I've worried about people, I mean, over the years, doing really long hours and then discovered that they are not necessarily working for all that time, which is fine if it's if it's about outcomes and outputs, you know, but just, just someone being sat at a desk does not equal productivity. No, absolutely. Um, and, and, and so that sort of outcomes based thinking, I think, is, is really important. And I hope that that will come, you know, the, you know, we accept the different ways that people will work. It's, it really doesn't matter. And, and I think that if you're working remotely, so long as people are only seeing the outcome, it doesn't, it, you know, it's facilitating that. So I think that is an opportunity. And like you, I, I hope that a really positive legacy of this will be well that that kindness actually and being much more human and for those of us who do turn on our cameras actually that insight into people's personal lives it's it is it's quite intimate um it's it's a level of vulnerability isn't it showing you know where you live um what you look like when you haven't put your maybe put your game face on in quite the way that you do going into the office and then for people who need to work differently um people who need adjustments, want to work flexibly, want to work from home, and as you rightly say, those are not the same thing, that actually that will become the norm. And so that instead of a reaction from an employer being, oh, well, we don't usually do that, actually, everyone's had to do that. So we know it works. So I, I've seen some conversations online where people are saying, this is you know, going to change professionalism. And I, and I actually think, you know, you know, they're saying it's going to reduce how we view profession. I think there's a difference. I think there is the the ability to remain professional. That's about getting stuff done. That's about how you deal with people, how what out again out 
outcomes. And then there is the letting slip of the corporate veneer. Mm. Uh, and I think that the, the fact that people, as you say, are you know, coming you know, coming onto video calls from home and, and, and not turning up in a suit no. uh, or not shaving because I've got I've got a you know a quarantine beard at the moment. It's very stylish now. It's very, very popular with my family not. So, um, but th those kind of things that. I think that, that that dynamic may change somewhat. Mm. Um, and it'll be interesting to see whether or not after we all get released into the world again, whether we uh, continue to, you know, put on our, our sort of corporate armour. Yes. Or, or whether we are a little bit more relaxed about things. Because I, I do think that sometimes the, the requirements to be, you know, homogenous and to, you know, you know, it's almost like a sausage factory. Certain, you know, certain industries require people to look a certain way, present themselves a certain way. Maybe, you know, this is a good thing for for diversity because quite often people mask their diversity. People hide their disabilities. They, uh, and and that's the final thing I think before we close. Actually, this is really important. Uh, this whole crisis has made people ask how people are and understand that people are vulnerable right and not just people with disabilities here you know everybody's feeling vulnerable everybody has suddenly realized that they're not immortal and that disability or long-term illness or serious illness can come to them at any point and i think that that hopefully is going to create some kind of long-term change in the way that people interact and deal with each other and accept each other we can but hope yes we can but hope well that's a it's a lovely note to end on we are all but human and we don't tend to talk about vulnerability that much but in the sense that we're all vulnerable and we're all human and we're all flesh and blood and we're all you know at risk and that kindness and people looking after each other and looking out for each other and genuinely meaning that how are you, I think, is, is a very, a very lovely thing. And I do hope that stays. So huge thanks, Neil. Always um, a roller coaster of, um, <laughs> of chat with you. Um, always thought provoking, always really, really interesting. Um, I think we could probably continue this chat for like the rest of the day, actually. Um, but... For the sake of our listeners, I'll probably draw it to a close there. So this episode of the Business Disability Forum podcast series was brought to you as part of our COVID-19 resources. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's podcast, then head over to our website at businessdisabilityforum.org.uk to find out more about our other resources and services. And why not give us a comment or rating on iTunes or just tell a colleague or friend about us. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Acast or Spotify and look for Business Disability Forum podcasts and subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. Mm -hmm.